Frances McDormand is the crazy fucking grandmother that you want to avoid at all costs <laughs> because she will talk to you about how some type of ant genocide is about to happen. <laughs> and if you don't howl at the moon right now and go smoke a doobie, the world is going to end. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you check out all of our back episodes on thewatchlistpod.com. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to hit us up on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. Now, why the fuck can't we make a million goddamn dollars like Joe fucking Rogan? I think we sound way better than that douchebag. How long has he been doing it? And did he do something prior to podcasting? Yes. He, okay. Do you remember the show news radio? The series? The series. Yeah. I loved that show. He was the inept maintenance man on that show. Oh, so he was an actor prior to this. Okay. So yes, Joe Rogan was an actor, and now he's got one of the biggest podcasts on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, and anyway, so to all of our listeners, wherever you are, in whatever country, it, wherever, thank you for listening to us and having some common sense. Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow. Any whoosie. So I watched a couple of new things this week. I watched a couple of new things and a couple of returning things that I thought oh. I would mention. Oh. Well, go into the returning things. Okay. So and return- then we'll hit up the new stuff. Okay. So returning... Season two of Mythic Quest hits <gasps> Apple TV Plus on May the 7th. No, it does. It does. Oh, I'm going to have to borrow your code for that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you remember, last, they had two special episodes. If you remember last year when all the lockdowns started, they had a, an episode called Quarantine which was a lot of Zoom meeting stuff back when that was a fun and entertaining thing to watch. Yes. Well, they have a second one that came out two weeks ago. It's called Everlight. So the the team returns to the office for their annual Everlight party. And Everlight is this big festival that's part of their Mythic Quest game lore. Ian is the king. Poppy's the queen this year. They do some fun events. There's a LARP tournament. And and Ian always rigs the tournament every year so that one of the least likely staffers, one of the ones that isn't as popular as everybody else, wins it to boost morale and make everybody feel like they have a chance. And that's actually a kind of nice thing to do. It is a nice thing to do. Well, things don't quite go the way he planned because this year Poppy's the queen and she's like, you can't do that. You can't rig it. And he's like, I've been doing it all along. Nobody's caught on. Well, don't tell me what happens. Well, but they have to go to that commerce guy, Brad, who's played by Danny Pudi. Yeah. And and they beg him to join the tournament, but he has one condition. If he wins, they have to cancel Everlight forever. He's such a douche. Yeah, anyway. he, is, he is a douche. He plays a okay. really good douche, but really so good. So this I am show very is amazing. Happy. This is one of the few really, really good Apple TV Plus series 
Yeah. And I'm so excited that it's back and I'm excited that Dwight is still getting Apple Plus because if it was just up to me, I'd be like, fuck that noise. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that makes me happy. All right. Yeah. So what's the second thing? So the second thing that has returned after 20 months away, if you remember, there was this series on Hulu called The Handmaid's Tale. Ah, oh, fuck. It's back, and the first three episodes are available right now. The remaining seven will be released weekly on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, at the end of last season, June was dying after getting all those kids on the plane. Well, clearly she survives. And in the first three episodes, we get a little more of what's going on in Canada with those who have escaped and we see more of what's going on with the Waterfords and Juden's husband, Luke and her friend Moira and Emily, who was uh, one of the handmaids who got out with uh, June's daughter, I think the season before or earlier, whatever. Well, not all the kids are happy to have been saved is what we learn. And then we also get to see Nick. Nick returns and Commander Lawrence, who's played by Bradley Whitford. And we get to see more of Aunt Lydia. And the first three episodes, I was like totally into them. I think it's back and it's kicking you in the face and it's better than ever. And I'm really looking forward to the rest because I really like this show. You may not like it. I like it. Okay. Creepy and scary and very close to reality, but... It's I'm not, still going to watch it. It's not that I don't like it. It's that I've never seen an episode of it. Oh. Laura has read the book. I have too. Which she says the show encompasses in season one. Yes. Season one follows the book pretty darn closely. Right. And the book is not a long, it's not that long. So when it ends, it's. Then season two and these subsequent episodes, they've been working with the author and it's fleshing out that whole world more. And the second book uh, that she released recently um, is way longer, way longer than the first book. And it kind of, it's using these same characters that we see in the show and kind of continuing their journey. And yeah. But it's but not, here, doesn't seem quite like it's part of it. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it without being spoilery. So, yeah, but don't it's, be it's, it's really good. I sat and read the damn thing in like a night because I loved it so much. And and that's great. I am not taking anything away from that. Uh, you know, if you and if everybody out there enjoys The Handmaid's Tale, then I'm sorry I missed that boat. But my thing is, and it goes back to something I've said on the show before, that. When you push too hard, when you extend beyond something just to keep making a dollar, you know, you can have Handmaid's Tale season one be the only season because that's the miniseries adaptation of the book. Then move on. And Uh, then wait for the author to come out with something new. Oh, she wasn't planning to come out with anything new. She was wrote that book and that was going to be the end of it. Right. But I think when she got on board and she's got a cameo in that first season, we see her in the background. Uh, I think is when people really like that world and they want to know more. I don't think they're continuing it just to make a book, not like the last few seasons of Game of Thrones. I think this is continuing that story that 
really a lot of people want to know more. I mean, when it when the book ended, I was like, oh, I want to I want to see more of this world and how it became that way and what happened. And that's what we get in the subsequent seasons. We see how it all fell and how Gilead came to be and what ha- like cuz before the the past 4 or 5 years of our lives here, it was like how how does America fall? And so that was what we got a taste of in seasons two, three, two, and three. <laughs> and January the 6th, if anybody <laughs> and, doesn't you know, remember. And life <laughs> right now. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, because it just seemed like this is, yeah, it just seemed like this was so far out there before what happened nah, these days. Well, I, I just, I really like it. I think it's really good. And there's a lot happening. I, I'm excited to see what's to come. And I think you should give it a try. Uh, At least not a couple my, of the first episodes. It's not my cup of tea. Okay. Fair and, enough. And, and, I'm just, and I'm just willing to throw that out there now because, and I've said this before also, I'm just not in a heavy mood. Oh, yeah. And, oh, God. Yes. You know, this is such a heavy ass man crushing. That's some heavy ass man crushing women's spirit shit. And yeah, yeah. No, I am not about that at all. Mm-hmm. And, and so... And everybody has been, you know, following this show. Everybody knows that I've been trying to do comedies and shorter things and all that stuff. Although next week, I'm going to review that new uh, Michael B. Jordan movie, the okay. remorse thing. But okay. um, but for the most part, I've been with all the shit going on in the world. I don't want to see a fictionalized version of shit. <laughs> and yeah, this because yeah. Mm-hmm. to me, entertainment is escapism. Hence, why I have absolutely. Zero problem with people enjoying the masked singer. It's escapism. It's pure escapism. Yeah. You know, and same thing for me. You know what? I was watching a show and then all of a sudden, you know, I kind of dozed off for just a second. And then the auto start happened. Uh huh. And then the first episode of the Orville came back on. And I was like, oh, "Oh, see, I miss that show. Yeah, me too. You know, but there's just so much out there. And I, and I know that. Now that I'm thinking about this and saying this out loud, having multiple seasons of one show anchors people. Yeah. So they can look forward to my show, whatever mm-hmm. that my show is. And yeah. I and I and I understand that. Yeah, the the that's kind of my drawback, but plus with the Korean shows. Is you get one season and that's my show, and then when that's over, what do I do now? I can't go back to those people that I were fo- that I was following that I was totally invested in what was going on with their lives. Well, and I, I got to find a new one. Right. I like the one season, but I've been consuming them so rapidly. And yeah. these are like 18 to 20 episode seasons and I'm finishing them in like two days. Cause I'm just that life is so blah right now. The word's obsessive, but yes. <laughs> well, that too, but when it's over, there's a big hole and I need, I need to, and that's hard to find the next thing. And I, and I totally understand that because when I latch onto a show, like right now, my complete jam is Southside. Okay. My complete absolute jam is Southside because not only is it filmed on the Southside and I grew up on the Southside of Chicago, 
So there are little inside lines, like going to Harold's Chicken. There are there are inside lines of going to Kenwood Academy, oh, which I did. Nice. Shout out to Kenwood Academy, yo. You know, but there are things that ring true from my childhood that come out in that show. So I feel connected to it. Yeah, and that's how I felt about uh, Shameless. Oh, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. from that same neighborhood where my parents and my cousins li- lived and grew up. Mm-hmm. And I would visit and the Irish underclass family, totally relatable, although some of their crazy, wacky shit is not for yeah, me. But but I get it. I get what they're talking about. I get where they are. And that's why I loved it so much. And, and I loved sh- the American version more than the British one because ah. there's certain class things in the UK and where they are living on the estates that I don't quite understand. Hmm. So I couldn't quite relate to it. I also felt like it wasn't nearly as gritty as the American one. No, well, maybe, but you got to change something. Right. Oh yeah. For American audiences, you totally needed to change it. Um, But I, I also felt like, I don't know. I just felt like the kid actors are better in the American one, but that was just me. I mean, I could be totally. And and there are other shows that I latch on to. So like broad city way back when Mm -hmm. I loved broad city. You know, and I thought that that was a lightning in a bottle show. I've loved um, Ballers. That was, to me, a great show. There was, you know, Hollywood House Husbands or something like that, which was like a spoofy sort of reality show Hmm. based on the husbands of famous people (laughs) in Hollywood. Hmm. Just stupid stuff like that that makes me go, okay, that's my show. Yeah. And I can look forward to it. So I totally get the, oh, it's over thing. Yeah, uh, man. Well, anyway. Anyway, those are the two things returning. And then the new stuff that I've got, the first one is also on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a new one that just released. It's called The Mosquito Coast. It's a series that, like the movie from 86, that starred Harrison Ford, is based on the book by Paul Theroux. And it stars Paul's nephew, Justin Theroux. They do pronounce yeah. it differently, just so you know. And Justin Theroux, you may remember from The Leftovers. I remember him from The Leftovers. I remember him as Jennifer Aniston's either boyfriend or husband or whatever it is, right? I don't know if they're... I know nothing about his personal life. And Jeez, I could be I talking know. out of my ass, but anyway, yeah. keep going. So this departs a little bit from the film and the book in that it's more of a crime drama, uh, like along the lines of Breaking Bad and Ozark. So our main guy, Ali Fox, he's a brilliant inventor. He hates all things consum- consumable and modern society of America and everything. So he's got his family moving around with no technology. The kids are homeschooled. He has even engineered the cars to run on the thrown out cooking oil that he buys off of restaurants and pumps out of their big vat in the alley. Yeah, he's he's got all this stuff, but he's also got this mysterious past and he's on the run from the feds, but we don't know why, nor do his children. 
His wife, Margot, is played by a Melissa George from Alias early in the days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's the young preteen son and then the moody, you don't let me do anything I want, 15-year-old daughter. Uh, <laughs> the first two episodes are available on Apple TV Plus, and there are five more that will drop weekly. It was pretty okay. I watched it. It it seems like that kind of action crime thing mm. with the dad running around and the kids and blah blah blah. But was the Mosquito yeah. Coast movie full of that kind of intrigue? I it had some intrigue, but I don't. I didn't see it, so I don't entirely know. But from the reviews I've read, this part is different. Where he wasn't on the run from the feds, as far as I know. In the from what they've said in the reviews of this show, but he does like un uproot his family and he hates all things modern society and they go to the Mosquito Coast, right? Okay, and that's essentially this is he hasn't gotten there yet, but they're on their way uh -huh. after the first two episodes, they're on their way now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, what have you got? So, okay. So the first thing that I, that I've got, I talking about being of a town and connecting with a show because of where you live. I actually watched the first episode of a, of an HBO max series called mayor of East town. Ah. And mayor of East town is the story of a detective in a small Pennsylvania town investigating a local murder while trying to keep her life from falling apart. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So it stars Kate Winslet. Mm -hmm. She plays the, the detective. And I was watching this and I'm trying to get into it. Cause like this, like this woman's life is shit, you know, just, but in the first episode, you don't necessarily get why it's shit. Like, it's just shit because, you know, she's let herself. And when I say let herself go, it's like she just doesn't care about, like, real interpersonal relationships. You know, she's all about the job. But it goes to the fact that several years ago in the show, there was a there was a disappearance and a kidnapping she could never solve. And it just so happens to be the daughter of one of her high school basketball teammates. Mm-hmm. And Mare, played by Kate Winslet, made the winning shot in some magical high school basketball game years and years ago. So she's sort of a town legend who stayed in the town. Okay. And the more I watched it, the more I think that Kate Winslet is a brilliant actress. Absolutely brilliant. To think that this woman is actually British oh, is amazing. Yeah. What I will say about the show is that it is a reimagining of Broadchurch. Okay. Okay. So if any of you out there have seen the David Tennant series one of the actual British version of Broadchurch, because they, they did another version of it for American TV called Grace Point, also starring David Tennant. I don't remember that one. Yeah, they sure did. When Broadchurch took off, oh yeah, Grace Point. Hmm. Yep. Anyway, but Broadchurch was, oh my God, so incredibly good. But this, Mayor of Easttown, is sort of the same thing. Okay. And you see all of the characters and they, and the, but the entire first episode takes up 
introducing you to who you need to know. Okay. And so the more I was like, come on, get to the story of it, that's when I realized, oh, you're introducing me to all the major players. And then the murder happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to say under what circumstances, but it feels very broad churchy to me. Okay. So new episodes appear every week on HBO Max. Uh, there are two episodes now. Okay. With more being released. So if you really want, like, a, a talk about gritty. It's it's gritty. And especially now living in the Philadelphia area, I get some of the things like even as I mentioned before, throwaway lines of a hoagie. Uh, they talk about cheesesteaks, all that other sort of crap. And, and so there's connective tissue there. But I would say give it a shot if you just happen to have HBO Max and you're looking for like a crime drama to binge. You could absolutely do worse. Hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. And my final thing is, of course, a Korean drama on Netflix. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> don't say. Talking it's from 2016, about. and it uh -huh. stars uh, Yoon Un uh, Jung, who recently won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress from Ooh. Minari. Yeah. Oh. So this is a drama about women who have been longtime friends since childhood, and they're all in their later years. Uh, think late 60s, early 70s. And it's the story of their lives, their families, and it's told from the viewpoint of Park Wan, the daughter of one of the women, who is has decided she will do what mom says and write a novel based on the lives of her mom and her aunts. Okay. And this is sad. It's funny. It's even it's relatable. Um, it's one of the few shows that I've seen that focuses on older women and not just Korean older women, but overall just older women TV series. I mean, yeah. there hasn't really been one since Golden Girls and Designing Women. And those are more like the sitcom kind of this is drama with some it's like dramedy, I guess. There's some funny bits. There's some really serious bits. And I just, I, this is really good. I, I like seeing all these older actresses and older women and their story. It's really interesting. Oh, that's neat. And one of the funny bits, one of the characters, she's alone now in her house because her kids have moved out. Her husband passed away and she's, her kids are feeling mom can't handle herself. She, she can't live by herself. She doesn't know what to do. She, she'll, she'll, She'll be lost. Well, she's looks out the window and the neighbor next door, the young fit neighbor guy, he's on his roof, like working out and he looks at her and smiles. And it's, he does this three times a day at the same exact times every day. Mm. And she's like, why is he creeping on me? Oh my gosh, he's creeping on me. Finally, she's angry enough to storm over there. And it turns out at this, as he's a photographer. He's an American photographer played by Daniel Henney. You may remember him from X-Men Origins Wolverine as Agent Zero. No. Okay. <laughs> well, it turns out that he's not even he's not even looking at her window. He doesn't even really see her. He's been feeding this kitten three times a day. And he's working out, looking over there, waiting for the kitten to start eating the food. 
<laughs> and that's why he's smiling because he's like, look at the kitten eating the food. But they have the whole hard to communicate thing because he's American and only speaks English. And they're, they only speak Korean. And it, it was really a funny scene. And that leads to more fun stuff with that, that character who's just like a, a little cameo from him. But that's one of those fun, sweet little things in this series that I really like. And this cool. one, I'm trying to drag it out and not watch all of it at once so that I can really savor it more. Because I know I'm going to be lost. That's not you. You're going <laughs> to binge know, the fuck out of this. You're going <laughs> to binge the fuck out of it, and then you're going to cry like it's over. I've been watching it all week, and I'm still not done. So, no. And uh, Yoon uh, Jung is really good in this. She's, I can see her her serious acting chops, and now I'm, I have to find Minari and watch it. So we're going to get – I want to get to the Oscars quickly after – we're we're all wrapped up. Oh yeah, sure. Here. I didn't. Um, yeah. The last thing that I watched, and I swear to Christ, I found this just like, all right, what am I going to watch? What am I going to watch? It's a show called Let's Be Real. It is a puppet slash human hybrid show that airs on Fox. And it's on Thursdays, uh, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. And it covers politics, um, mainly politics. And I'm going to say this now. It's not great. I recognize where they want to go with the humor. Because the very first thing is they're making fun of Andrew Cuomo and all of the sexual misconduct allegations against him in the beginning but they're likening it to covid so to stop the curve of sexual harassment people in new york need to do this when they're around him <laughs> so i get that it's it that it's meant to be funny mm -hmm. but it also has a decidedly liberal bent to it so far okay I've, now i've only seen one episode because i think only one episode exists right now because it just debuted this past week. Okay. So, because they make fun of Trump, they make fun of, um, uh, although, no, they make fun of Cuomo, and Cuomo's Democratic. But anyhow, I, I, just, I just think that if you like a cross between Genesis's Land of Confusion music video <laughs> and satire, this might be the show for you. Have you seen Crank Yankers at all? Yes, I have. Exactly. So is, yeah, is, this is like Crank Yankers. Crank okay. Yankers. It's kind of okay. like Crank Yankers. Okay, good point. Okay. So is it is it watchable? Sure. <laughs> but I think it's if watchable. Are... That's quite the shining recommendation. But it's I honestly watchable. think if you're fucked up, you're going to have a better time watching it. Like if you're drunk or high, you're okay. going to have a way better time. You're like, dude, the guy they got to do <laughs> Cuomo's voice is totally on point. <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. Is that a puppet? And but. On the show, they also make fun of The Mandalorian, also starring Chrissy Teigen. Oh. So that's kind of <laughs> nice. So that was kind of amusing as well. Okay. Um, but it's called Let's Be Real. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the other two smaller things that I watched. Mm-hmm. One was actually a Disney Plus Spark short. Oh, which one? I actually watched one called Loop. And as far as Spark shorts go, Loop. Hang on. Loop. Loop is about two kids at a canoe camp. And they find themselves in the same canoe, unable to move forward until they find a new way to connect and see the world through each other's eyes. But one of the characters is the first nonverbal autistic Disney character. Oh, so the only way that that girl can communicate is, is I swear to God, I cried at the end of this. It, It was amazing. And and the little boy in it is trying his best because he's actually told by the camp counselor, take her out on the on the canoe. And he doesn't really want to because he doesn't understand her and all that stuff. Well, they finally connect. And it's through that connection that they both grow. Oh, my God. When you go to Pixar school of animation, (laughs) they must give you an extra heart. And and like a, a, an injection of emotions because my God, can those people mm-hmm. animate some shit? Mm. But but honestly, if you are looking, and especially if you are touched in your family by autism, watch this. It is mm-hmm. absolutely the best thing I watched this week, and it was nine minutes long. Nice. I will yeah. have to go look at that. Yeah. So let's talk about the Oscars real quick. Oscars. Oscar talk. Yeah. <laughs> so before I before I give my opinion, and I was actually on I was actually I'm going to shout out uh David Rivera. What's up David? Hey. Mike Mike Alexander, I'm going to shout him out too. Um because we were all texting during the Oscars. What did you uh, think of the Oscars? I only tuned in at the very end and realized they had switched up the best picture with the actor actress stuff to be at the end yep that's all i caught because i honestly didn't give a fuck enough to watch it right Mm -hmm. and i and i and i hate to say that because you know movies are my jam yeah i actually donated something to the academy museum um I, I am all about the 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 art of motion pictures and the magic of them and all that, but I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. But we watched it, and I thought it was the best ceremony I have seen in years. Well, you are in the minority because a lot of people thought it was awful. But one of the things that they did, and maybe a lot of people don't understand this, and maybe I'm just geeking out, the Oscars used to be just a luncheon. Mm-hmm. It was a luncheon held at the at, at you know some swanky hotel in downtown LA, and over the course of two hours, they gave out all the Oscars. Hmm. You ate your shitty chicken, and then poof, you went over. <laughs> the and it's over time that it's gotten to be the pomp and circumstance that it is. Mm-hmm. So this was actually held at a train station at at, at a few venues um, because of COVID. But I thought it was elegant as fuck. And I thought it was shot beautifully. Hmm. Like I could see them getting nominated for an Emmy 
for how well and how good this production was. Hmm. There were only three things that bothered me during the entire show. Oh, yeah? What was it? One of them was the fact that during the middle of the show, for no reason whatsoever, a comedian came out and was trying to engage the audience as though he were the host. Hmm. And they were having a music trivia thing of guess if this song was nominated for an Oscar, won an Oscar, or wasn't nominated at all. I saw a little piece of that. And all of it was built up to make Glenn Close <laughs> look like she knew the song Debut from the Spike Lee movie School Days. How do you know she didn't? How do you know that wasn't like spontaneous? Because of the facts that she rattled off. Some people because might she, know that. You know minutia about things. Possibly. But I'm going to go on record as saying I don't think so. So you're going to say I disbelieve and roll your D20 and see what you get. My D20? Yeah, I'm nerding out here. What? What is it? What? What is a D20? It's from Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, your 20-sided dice. <laughs> you're making your your uh, will save. I want to say it is oh my God, to you, disbelieve. You just took me to a place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yes. So yes, I just I thought it I thought it seemed a little set up. Okay. Um the second thing that I disliked vehemently, the worst thing that I actually thought was that they rushed through the in memoriam section so fast. Towards the yes, I did catch that and it they were going fairly slow and then it was just suddenly like the music picked up the beat so quickly oh and it's like God. shoom 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 shoom. I could barely read the names. Yeah, and it was a shame. And they still even left off David Prowse, who played the embodiment really? of Darth Vader. For fuck's sake. They did. I, right. I knew they were going to leave people out, and I knew there was going to be a whole thing of, they left out X, Y, Z, this person, that person. But they were going so fast, and the way that they split it up was like the left side of your screen had a name, then the right, then the left, then the right, then the left. Mm. And it was worse than a fucking tennis match at Wimbledon. I mean... Mm. And especially if you're honoring those who were pioneers and who had passed away. Right. And, and in the year of COVID, the last thing you want to do is hurry through the death section. Mm -hmm. The last thing I didn't like was the fact that they did switch up best picture for best actor. And then to find out that Anthony Hopkins went to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Wow. You couldn't yeah. just let him know to stay up like five more minutes. Well, isn't it supposedly they don't know who the winner is until they open the envelope? Supposedly. But I'm sorry. Somebody is going to go to wherever the fuck he is. Yeah. With an Oscar so that if, you know, he's on Zoom or whatever, they announce his name. Somebody hands him an Oscar from off screen yeah. so that he can accept. Well, and... You know they rearranged it because of Chadwick Boseman, and yes. they wanted to keep people through the end. Yes. Not realizing, or we assume they didn't realize that he wasn't the actual winner. That he wasn't the actual winner. And I can respect that, and that's also why uh, the two actors from Judas and the Black Messiah were nominated as supporting mm -hmm. actors and not best actor because they didn't want to go against Chadwick Boseman. Right. Which I thought, okay, that's honorable. But it seemed, especially when Hopkins didn't 
bother to, you know, be there. I wonder if he assumed was, Chadwick Boseman was going to win too. Maybe. Who the hell knows? Hmm? But it was such an anticlimactic end. It was. It was like yawn and roll the credits already. But I, but I honestly don't think, and you said this before, I don't think anybody is going to be 100% happy with whatever Oscar presentation there is. Yeah, definitely not. I like the fact that there was no host. I thought Regina King did a beautiful job at the beginning. There was this tracking shot of her walking in from the outside, from the red carpet, all the way into the ceremony, which was unbelievable. I I I thought the production values on this show were great. But then again, it felt like older Hollywood to me. Hmm. So do I miss the musical numbers? No. But you could have played like a little segment of each nominated song. Yeah. I yeah. Don't miss, like, I don't miss the 10 minutes of numbers for that shit. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And I don't miss the lame ass humor. Definitely of, not. The boring ass fucking shit. Yeah. I don't miss that. But then reinvest that time in your in memoriam section. Yeah. You know, do something credible and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It makes me want to see movies like Minari because that woman who won that Oscar, she's a hoot. She, oh my gosh, yeah. Also, uh, the documentary I saw and the octopus teacher, the winner of my octopus yeah, teacher, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. pretty to look at, a little goofy weird in that this guy is enamored with an octopus, but whatever. The animated short that won, I also watched. That's on Netflix. If anything happens, I love you. Totally. Mm -hmm. Everybody give the time to that. The short film I also recently watched, but didn't get to talk about on the show because I forget I watched it, but I now know. Two Distant Strangers. Definitely one to catch. It is on Netflix. You should watch it. Mm. And then also Nomadland, I think, is on Amazon Prime. Or is it on Hulu? I think it's on Hulu. I have not watched Nomadland yet. Yeah, that's there. Um, Soul, the mm-hmm. winner for best animated feature. Never bet against Disney. Never, Never bet against, against Disney. Never. Yeah. That one time that it lost out a couple of years ago was a rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, because it lost out to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Right. The other animated feature film ones that I saw... Onward, which was really good, and Wolf Walkers, also amazing. Wolf Walkers is available on Apple TV Plus. Onward, I think it's also Disney. Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney Plus. It's on yeah. Disney Plus. Um, Shaun the Sheep is always a good thing to watch because it's super fun and hysterical. I love Shaun the Sheep. Over the Moon, I don't think I've seen that one anywhere. I don't know what that's about or where it's located, I'm afraid. But I yeah. bet it's really good too because, I mean, shit. I just, I, but I was, I was watching the breakdown of this too, because David, shout out to David, <laughs> you know, shared with me the ratings for, for the Oscars. Oh. Less than 10 million people watched the Oscars. Because the Oscars are boring as fuck now. So log on to the watchlistpod.com or engage us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. How important are the Oscars these days? How important is an award these days? And now, the, it seems to me like the Oscar used to be the biggest one to win. Do you care more now about an Emmy or a Tony or a Grammy or a People's Choice or or anything else, a Golden Globe? Do you care more about those? 
or do you still care about the Oscars? And even if you don't, tell us why. I am interested because for this for this season, I was totally disinterested. Yeah, totally. By the way, Over the Moon on Netflix. Gotcha. So that's it. That's that's what we got this week. Yeah, kind of a that's sh- all. A short episode. Shortish. Yeah. Not bad. Forty-ish. Hmm? Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah, next week, um, going to have that review of that new Michael B. Jordan Amazon Prime movie without remorse, which looks badass. It does kind of, yeah. And, and then I will also review the new Jason Statham movie, mm. Wrath of Man. Mm. Oh, news. I have a little bit of news. <gasps> news. On May 28th, the new Disney movie Cruella comes out. Starring Emma Stone. And you will have to pay extra, even though you've got Disney Plus, to see it if you want to watch it streaming and not at a theater. It looks pretty good. You should check out the trailer. Cruella looks pretty good, but I don't know that I'm going to pay for that one. Oh, I did. And I'm on the Emma Emma Stone train. I've seen the trailer. Love the trailer. Actually, the poster is kind of cool, too. But... I will pay the extra money for Black Widow. Yeah, I think I'm, I would. I'm not going to pay them extra money for Cruella. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna. Because I don't know who Cruella is trying to speak to. It's not necessarily for kids mm-hmm. who grew up with the story 101 Dalmatians. It's an origin story of how she turned into Cruella Deville. I wonder if it's the same sort of audience as Maleficent was. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And especially since people like Disney Plus don't really, really release their actual numbers for anything. Yeah, None of them ever right. do. Yeah. But I but I honestly think, though, that this is going to be the only year, 2021, unless there is a model that works, that we will see stuff streaming when it drops in movie theaters, whether it's for the extra fee or not. Mm -hmm. Cause I think, cause did you see the commercial that the Academy did to get people back into movie theaters? Yes. Yes, I did. It was actually really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to, it evokes that emotion of being in the movie theater and I get that, but I'm still not ready quite for that. But after getting inoculated, maybe next year, Maybe. So we'll see. Yeah. But I but I think honestly enjoy your streaming services while you can now. Um as far as new content stuff in movie theaters. Yeah. 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 But anyway. Anyway. All right. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hit us up on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. And don't forget to catch up on all of our back episodes, which are all friggin' sweet at thewatchlistpod.com. I just wanted to end it friggin' sweet. It's true. It's true. It's friggin' sweet. And we're way the fuck better than Joe Rogan. Oh, fuck yeah. Joe Rogan can suck it. Yes. Yes, he can. <laughs> I'm going to put that in my social media post. Joe Rogan can suck it. Do it. I am. All right. All right. Cool. All right, everybody. You guys take care. Uh, Be safe and um, go watch some stuff. Yeah. Tell us about the stuff you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Even if you like stuff or don't like stuff, tell us about it. Mm -hmm. It's all about the stuff. Okay, okay bye. bye.